Welcome everyone to our Sunday service. A special welcome to all our guests, both here at the Expanding Light, as well as up at our meditation retreat. And to all those watching online, many blessings to you as well. My name is Swami Pranava, and this is Swami Parvati. I'd like to read to you from the book Rays of the One Light with commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. How should we meet our tests? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Last week we considered Satan's temptation of Jesus in the wilderness after his baptism by John. We discussed the question, does Satan exist? All of us experience temptation of one kind or another in our lives. Some of us frequently, others only occasionally. Whether temptation comes to us from our own subconscious or from outside ourselves is secondary to the fact that it does come and that we must deal with it. More important then is the question, how to deal with it? In fact, how to deal with tests of any kind? Martin Luther flung an ink pot at the devil who had appeared to test him. A dark stain on the wall of Luther's cell is pointed out to tourists in support of this story. Unfortunately, our trials are not often so summarily dismissed. As a fellow monk once said to Swami Kriyananda, speaking of Satan, if only I could get my hands on him. <laughs> Jesus, during his temptations in the wilderness, overcame them, and thereby set an example for all time by clinging the more determinately to God. As Paramahansa Yogananda used to say, darkness cannot be driven out of a room with a stick. Once you turn on the light, however, the darkness will vanish as though it had never been. Jesus manifested this principle. The Bible tells us, therefore, that at last, the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. In the Bhagavad Gita, the point is clarified further by the added explanation that there are three qualities in human nature, sattvic, or spiritually elevating, rajasic, or ego-activating, and tamasic, or spiritual darkening. It is this triune aspect of human nature that the third chapter in the Gita refers to with these words. As fire is hidden by smoke, as a mirror is dulled by rust, and as an embryo is enclosed in the womb, so is the indwelling self enveloped by desire. Yogananda explained that each of these examples describes one of the qualities or gunas. Sattva guna, that which elevates our consciousness, can be freed of any identity with ego by a little puff of meditation and right affirmation. Rajuguna, which embroils the ego in restless activity, can be worked off with a little more and a little longer effort. Kamuguna, embracing as it does such mental states as laziness and stupidity, can only be outgrown in time since it inhibits even the desire for self-improvement. The example Jesus gave us was intended more for those in whom sattva guna is predominant. 
But if you yourself find elements in your consciousness that resist even the effort to cling to God in prayer and meditation, don't despair. Patience, as it has been well said, is the fastest path to God. As long as your efforts take you steadfastly in the right direction, you will come out right in time. Remember Yogananda's words, a saint is a sinner that never gave up. If, however, your nature impels you, even against your will, to move in the wrong direction, toward ego desires and away from God, strive at least to detach yourself mentally from your wrong actions, which are induced by habit. The time will come when their own stored-up energy will tire and diminish. At that time, if you have not contributed to that energy by your, cons by your consenting will, you will find it possible at last to redirect your energies more constructively. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, 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 oh. I also <clears throat> would like to welcome you. We okay? I also would like to welcome you. It's wonderful to share this time with you. I'll read from Whispers from Eternity, Yogananda's book of answered prayer and prayer demands. Demand for calmness in activity. Father, teach me to be calmly active and actively calm. Let me become a prince of peace, sitting on the throne of inner poise, as I direct my kingdom of activity. So someone was sharing with me, in fact, Dr. Peter was sharing with me, I don't know if he's here or not, <laughs> the other day, a, uh, a letter that was written by a monk uh, in one monastery uh, to a monk in another one, and just sharing with him various things. And at the end of it, and they were both elderly, at the end of it, um, the monk writing it said, and by the way, if you ever wake up in the morning and you feel no pain, you're probably dead. <laughs> and, and I thought, if you ever wake up in the morning and think you have no tests facing you, you're probably dead. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because being on a path like this meaning a path that's really for liberation. Yogananda was an avatar. He brought great light into this world for many, many people in all different directions uh, and all different levels of spiritual evolution. But uh, for anyone that takes up this path and becomes a disciple, all of that, we're really asking that our karma be brought into our life and to be focused and not that, you know, bring it on, I can do it all, but really we're asking for God's presence to be with us in our lives. And that light will shine on everything, our light, our darkness, our confusion, whatever it might be. But at any rate, so we shouldn't be surprised by 
tests. I mean, they're just part of the spiritual path. It's how you ever grow spiritually. And so without those tests, we just, well, we either sink or we rise. And so with the tests, they're there to really make us stronger, to give us the ability to take the next step spiritually that we're really as a soul longing for. And so um, Yogananda said something like this. I couldn't find his exact words, but he said about tests, you should receive them uh, calmly and pleasantly because they're there, again, they're, they're really friends in a way that are there to help you. And so um, not to get all excited about, oh, here I am on this particular uh, spiritual path and I've been on the path for, you know, 40 years or something and, oh, my God, I've got this test which I thought I, I did with, you know, dealt with years and years ago or I'm so advanced I shouldn't be having this kind of test. And, uh, and that's not how it works. It really is a thing where... Um, I'm having trouble with this, but I'll try to get it. I'm just going to pull this cord a little farther forward. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, one of those tests. It's a test. (laughs) Believe me, it is. (laughs) But at any rate, um, that uh, we come to the place where we're really looking for those kind of tests as a way, and we need to understand them in that context, that they're there really to help us, to support us, to be uh, stronger spiritually. Without that, we can't really grow spiritually. It's just not possible. And so either we're rising or we're falling. And it really is, you know, you don't stand still, or if you do, it's for very, not for very long. And so those energies are always at play. You know, I was reading and thinking about this topic, again, the uh, chapter in the path called A Divine Test. And it was Swami Kriyananda, and God bless him for really sharing the depth of his experience with us, what he went through, what it was like to be a young disciple with Yogananda, because he was with in that chapter, and I do recommend that you read it over. It's just, wow. He had been with Yogananda maybe less than a year and a half. And Yogananda, and he was he was doing pretty well, but kind of starting to struggle. And so Yogananda was about to go out to 29 Palms in the desert, Southern California, to finish writing his Bhagavad Gita commentaries. It was an incredibly blessed time. And he said to Swami Kriyananda, Don Walters at the time, he said, Walter, I asked who I should take with me and your face appeared. I asked twice more, and your face appeared both times. And, and Swami said that wasn't a, a put-down. It was really an affirmation that Divine Mother was saying, yes, take him. And so he took him, and uh, he said, I was with Yogananda for the first few days, and then there was a monk's retreat that was a house that was about five miles away. And, uh, and he said, and then Master Yogananda asked me to help him in editing the Bhagavad Gita, the Rubaiyat, and even the Second Coming of Christ. And he gave him this, this assignment, which 
the letters from Yogananda of how he was to go about this and Swami's description of this are in this chapter and it's like very, very detailed about, now I want you to cut them out. It was cut and paste, you know, no computers and he was to cut and paste all the articles from the Gita in the old magazines and then he was to go on to and edit them and then he was to go on to the Rubaiyat and then go on to even the second coming of Christ. And he was to not not uh, obliterate any of the writing on the back that he had cut out. You know, so it's, it's just this impossible task. And so he was to do that and work like lightning, but don't change a word. And time is scant. You know, we really have to hurry on with this. And he was 23 years old. He had never really done anything like this before, and this was his guru asking him to do it. And to boot, he. Um, wrote him a letter outlining nine hours a day of how he was to go about his life during this time. <laughs> Up at eight o'clock, meditating before then, eight o'clock you have breakfast, then you do this and then you do this. Every single moment of the day was outlined. Meditate two hours here, take a break there, walk around the retreat. Don't do it at night because of snakes on the road, so be careful. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just everything, but really very clear. And so Swami said that during that time, he said it was one of the greatest tests of his life because he had no idea how to do what... I mean, the cut and paste part was simple. But edit like lightning, but don't change a word. And uh, he had no idea how to do what his guru, what she wanted to do for him, was asking him to do. He had, had no idea how to, how to go about this. And uh, he said to boot, he was at the monk's retreat where he was alone. He was in seclusion by default. There was nobody else there. And he said, I wasn't used to being a, totally alone. And then, to make it even worse, the monks, some of them from Mount Washington, would come out periodically and they would go, he said, naturally to Master's place. You know, so here he was, stuck in his room working on all these things, but people would come and visit and they'd go to Yogananda's house and, you know, supposedly be with him and all of that. And so he said it was just really, really difficult. And he said, at times, I just threw myself on the bed in despair <laughs> because I didn't know what to do. But he tried and he said every day uh, it felt like this can't go on for another day longer. And he said it went on for three months. Not three days, not three weeks, but three months. And he said it felt as though the forces of light and dark were battling. Over, and he was in the middle, you know. And it was just this constant uh, battle each day to try to do, be on the routine, try to do the task that he was set to do. But the amazing part is that, you know, everybody with Yogananda, they could have walked out the door at any time. There was, there was no compulsion to be there other than your own soul's calling. And the big thing was, he didn't leave. He stayed for three long months and went through that 
kind of like as he as he says the the labors of Sisyphus. You know, Sisyphus was the ancient king where he had to roll a ball up a hill and then it came back down again. And that was he did what he did every day. He rolled the ball up and it came back down. And he said, "That's what I felt like." And uh, but he said during that time, one his parents came to visit, and Yogananda said, "You may go to see them only for four days. Your parents." on behalf of God, who is your real parent. You may go to see them. And so he did, and he said, actually it was helpful because they had a loving relationship. And so even though they, his father had no idea what he was doing and was kind of negative about spirituality, as people, they connected well. And so it was a support in that way. And then he also had a chance to ask Yogananda. He said, you know, I've been having this trouble and and Yogananda's comment was well, Satan is testing the organization you're not the only one and he said unfortunately, many more heads will roll and you would think I mean, here we are in the spiritual path it's about joy and love and light and peace and all of that but the way to get to those qualities the way to get to those realities is through our karma. It's through what we've created. And, and you know, it's such a, a big thing. I mean, we're a, a small group and yet a large group of people that want to hear about this, that, that aren't repulsed by the fact that, you know what, in the end, it's really all mine. Everything that comes to me, it, it's something that I've created either now or in the past. And so... You know, that's, it's quite a, a load to take on, but it is what the spiritual path is all about. And so, with Swami Kriyananda, very sweetly at the end of that time, which was, again, a huge test for him, he said what he felt he gained was not how to be an editor, <laughs> was not how to p- cut and paste, was not that he just stuck it out, but he gained spiritually. And he said from he said he felt also a much deeper heart connection with Yogananda because he knew that Master had put him through that, allowed him to go through that, given him the great opportunity really to go through that with Yogananda there. And uh, he said it was to get rid of a lot of darkness, a lot of old karma, and uh, really to clear the way and to build the spiritual strength to be able to move forward spiritually. I mean, it's such a, a big deal and it's such an incredible blessing when we have those tests because we have a guru. You know, we can say, hey, Master, this looks really daunting. You need to come and be with me and help me. And he will be. He will give you the understanding, the strength, the ability to move through it. It might not look beautiful. You know, we may not look great in the process, but we're able to just move through it. And, uh, and Swami said it was a great, great blessing. It really just connected him deeply with Yogananda in his heart. And he said Yogananda's comment and Swami would do this to all of us as well, in front of all the monks, was, Walter was on his high horse, but now he's coming our way. 
you know, because we're all on our high horse, aren't we? <laughs> if we have ego, we're on our high horse and we're thinking we can do this and, you know, whatever it may look like. But really, when we go through those things, asking with Master, asking for those blessings, asking for the ability to do it, then no matter what the results are, we, we are blessed. And we have that, we know inwardly as a soul that we have that strength now to move forward. And so those kinds of tests are, and there are different kinds of tests, but tests are really, really important. And so don't feel bad about them if you have them. And I used to think living here at at the village early on, some people go through their karma publicly and others internally. And usually it's a mix. But for some people it seemed like they were always having something external happen that was, you know, a test for them and, and working it out. But either way, there are things that are there to really bless us. And then I was thinking also in the reading that um, the other part of it is that we really want to uh, gauge how should we meet our test, depending on what the test is, that's how we meet it. And so in the Gita, it talks about the gunas. And so some tests, we could sit down and have a meditation and poof, it's gone. And that's the sattvic kind of energy test, where, and you can feel it, once you get a little used to these tests coming, you can feel what kind they are. But the, the lighter energy tests, they can be blown away. He says, as a, as a fire is concealed by smoke and you hoof it away and it's gone and you see the fire. But, but then there are other, other kinds of tests and they're, for the most part, they're connected with our karma. And so um, over millions of lives, we've developed a lot of karmic little whirlpools and stuff. And so the other qualities are Rajoguna, which is the activating. And that, they give the example in the Gita of the mirror covered by rust. And you know what rust is like. You've really got to work at it to, to get that rust off, to clear that mirror. And uh, in a test like that, you need to work hard. It may be a while. You know, you may need to just buckle down and like Swami had to do in that test of his for three months in something that he thought every day this can't go on. Well, maybe we're doing that right now. You know, we're in a situation where we feel this can't go on. Well, it may go on for a while, but you know, what are the options? At a certain point, you know, you reach a certain point spiritually where it's like the back door closes. You know, there aren't other options. The option is to go forward and to know that we have, again, that support of the guru and the guru's blessings to do so. And so that part, sadhana every day, the spiritual life, all the attitudes, we just take it up, and like warriors, because it is a battlefield, we do that every day. And that also builds that level of strength inwardly, where we start to feel like The reason I read that whisper was you start to feel more and more centered and those things coming at you 
that might have blown you away a few years ago really are less. They don't. You know, they're there and you see them, but you know, you, you, you know what they are and how to, how to deal with them. And then the last one, Tamoguna, is the one where, and I remember Swami saying this about something that he was dealing with, where he said, all I could do was just keep doing what I'm doing and know that eventually, the, and I love the reading, uh, the Ray's reading, the stored up energy of that karma eventually dissipates. It will. As long as we're not adding to it, you know, if we in, indulge it and engage in it, then, then that makes it more and it's harder to get out. But if we can just know that we're just moving forward and that thing that seems always there going, you know, that, that we go, oh no, you're still there. One day, if we're doing and moving toward the light and doing the right things, then that energy dissipates more and more. And one day you think, oh gosh, that isn't there anymore. How about that? You know, what a, what a nice thing. It really did go away. So um, in all of that, I think, and those are really important um, things to remember of, because I also remember Swami repeatedly saying, if you have an army and you're invading a country, which we're doing to our lower and higher selves here, you need to know what the strength of the opposition is. And you need to know how much strength your army needs to have to fight that. And so we're, we're looking at that, you know, inwardly. And sometimes it manifests in outward tests for sure. But inwardly as well, we're looking at, okay, here's this thing happening. Can I just poof it away? Give that a try first, naturally. And then, and then see, well, maybe it's just going to require more. And so you, you put more effort in. And then the last one, maybe it's just over time. And the one that's over time, you just kind of, I don't, I was going to say relax into it, but it's not quite that. But you don't want to keep looking and looking and is it still there, you know. In other words, giving it energy. When you, when you look, you give it energy. So you're aware of it, for sure. You know, other people may make you more aware of it. Did you know that you do this all the time? Yeah, 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 I know I do that all the time. You know, but, but it's there, but you know what you're doing. And, you know, someone who was kind of confronted by someone saying, you know, you, you do this and, you know, and, and this person said, well, I'm not a, a done work yet. You know, I'm not complete yet. I'm in process. So, uh, and you can say that either mentally or to people. But just that, you know it's just going to take time. So you're not uh, worried about it. You're not uh, uh, freaked out about it or, or fearful of it. It's just something that's part of your karma, and eventually it will dissipate. That energy will go away as we move forward. So I, I just uh, thought about that. You know, it just how we meet our tests is very, very important, and we want to really... Always, and I, I love the reading also of the affirmation alertness, because we want to be aware, not not uh, in a strange way, but just aware of what we're dealing with, 
we know. You know, other people may or may not be aware of that, but we know, and uh, and that we therefore can be aware of the quality of the test that we're facing and know how much energy to bring to it. And in that way, we'll find that, you know, Pranava made copies of the uh, uh, the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna in the chariot with Arjuna standing behind and the five horses which represent the senses. And uh, he, he made copies, we had big copies in his office. And uh, I was just thinking, that's, that's the image really to remember is that it is a battle and it can be very intense sometimes, but it's what will help us to be free the battles, the tests, and the Krishna is the charioteer. He's always there driving those horses, and we're, we need to fight, we're the warrior, but he's there really guiding us through it all. So for all of us that, uh, that we understand how to, fate, how to face our tests, how to meet them in the right way appropriately, and that we know that we have the best thing ever and that is a God-realized master who is just waiting there, don't forget to ask, waiting there to help us through whatever we have to deal with.